Hello, once again, people. We are back. Bitter Rivals podcast. We're back again for episode three. Today's title, today's episode is transfers and previews of the Premier League fixtures ahead. Now, today's going to be a twist because what we decided to do was have a mini fantasy football league amongst each other. Whereby every single weekend, Saturday and Sunday, every week leading up to the final day of the Premier League, we will be predicting every single result, not just our own team, but other teams as well. Now, at the end, we decided to come up with a forfeit whereby the first person, they're fine, they're the champion, of course. But second, third and fourth, we will have to wear each other's rivaled team's kits. So, for myself, I'm a Liverpool fan, so that would mean that I would have to wear Alan's kit, which is United. Margie would have to choose between Tottenham and Arsenal because he's a Chelsea fan. And Alan will obviously have to wear the Liverpool kit. We are a man down light. James is obviously meant to be here, but he can't make it today. So he, as an Arsenal fan, would have to wear a Tottenham jersey. So, obviously, may the best man win. But that is what (laughs) is going to happen from now until the end of the season. So, hopefully, that will give you guys, the fans, more incentive to tune in because then you will have to see who is obviously currently at the top of the leaderboard, who's at the bottom, and who's in the middle. Um, but yeah, without further ado, it's your boy Luke, aka Luciano, back again with the All Star lineup. Introduce yourselves again, lads. Marjorie aka Dollar Show, home of the introverted healer, here to heal everyone, especially United fans. I'll say that every <laughs> <laughs> year for life. <laughs> uh, it's Alan here, uh, also known as uh, Alan, and uh, yeah, just done the podcast, uh, yeah, Bit of Rivals. So, yeah, so it's going to be good. You know, in regards to that, um, the kit one, uh, whoever loses, I'm probably going to get my own Liverpool kit if if I lose. If I go on second, what is it, second, third, or fourth, I'll probably get my own second, Liverpool third, kit. and fourth, yeah, yeah, and um, I'll wear that for obviously because I've lost it. But then it'll give me a chance to burn a kit as well. So two stones. No, one stone, not two birds. <laughs> so I'm going to do that. No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I'll probably just I'll put, hand it over to my missus, who is, uh, a, who is uh, a Liverpool fan. Yeah, I would have to yeah. most likely sell it on, on eBay afterwards yeah. or something. I wouldn't be yeah. keeping that. No, no, no. no, no. I'd I mean, keep like, it. If you, you wanted, like, yeah, yeah. Like, if you didn't want to buy it, I'm more than happy to borrow you guys one of my United kits. If you guys just want to wear for bands, I don't mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to change your allegiance now, oh, um, I'm okay. I'm okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah. So obviously, as I said in in the beginning, um, it's about transfer. So we've got all not all of the teams, but majority of the teams who we felt was relevant in terms of the signings that they made, whether it's players that they've kept hold of, such as Aston Villa keeping hold of Greenwich. Um, Crystal Palace keeping hold of Wilfred Saha, or if it's guys that obviously went out to just go on a major splash spree, which is obviously Chelsea did that, Aston Villa done it again, um, or if it's just general teams that's just gone out just to go and strengthen up their squad, such as obviously Liverpool, Man City, um, and Tottenham. Um, so yeah, so we will obviously divulge into those teams. 
um, but by doing that, we, I have a list of questions. So the first question is um, on a more personal level, who are the players that you probably would have liked your, t your team to have signed? And what positions would you have wanted your team to fill if your team hasn't done that already? So we'll go with you, Alan, because obviously United, from mm. my, my opinion, I felt like, you know, they made panic signings. And Mate. obviously, um, you know, we've heard in the newspaper and in the news that Oli didn't get his first choice no. signings. Um, so I would like to get your opinion on that. Yeah. I mean, if I could get anyone, I'd probably get Van Dyke. But if I'm being realistic, I really wish we got up in Carnot, man. Um, no, just you know, and that was one of Oli's um, choices that he wanted to fill up that centre back role, because we all know that Maguire. I mean, he fucking killed it in the Champions League, yeah. but we all know that Maguire just hasn't got that pace, and he just and mate over the weekend in the England versus Denmark game, he was just. I mean, like I was just talking to about Marju that he all of those cards, all those uh, yellow card tackles or foul foul, sorry. They were up in the middle of the pitch. One of them was like left mid. I don't know what he's doing up there. Um, yeah, no, we need someone to support um, Maguire. So I'd probably take up and gone, if I'm saying that right. And Up and Maguire, uh, yeah. Yeah, and um, a right winger. And like, look, my opinion is I wish we had Jaden Sancho. I really wish. I'm sure a lot of many other fans would agree. Um, but like, like we spoke before, Luke, that we try to play like a silly game with Dortmund that Dortmund wasn't playing. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. They told us August the 10th, 120 euros. Bam, that's it. And then we were like, we were just, we did, apparently, I don't think we replied. We just concentrated on the Europa League. Um, and then obviously when it came to it, they were just like, oh, they made a statement saying, oh, we're not selling him now because it's past the deadline. And you're like, oh, are you for real? You're like, yeah, we weren't joking around telling you. And obviously we were trying to drag it on, drag it on, and it just wasn't happening. And I think Gary Neville said it, like, if it takes too long, then, you know, look elsewhere. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, if, for, say, for example, I'm looking for a house, or I really want the house. I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm getting kicked out of my house in, like, two, three weeks. Uh, so I need to find a house. Oh, but I really want this other house. Oh, I don't know if I'm going to get it, but I'm going to probably put all my eggs into this one basket. Oh, shit, I didn't get that house, and I'm getting kicked out in a few days. Do you know what I mean? Um, I should have spent more time looking at other places. I shouldn't mm. have compared footballers to property. But, um, I mean, <laughs> I mean, someone actually did say that. Like, someone said, I was listening to someone saying that, um, buying a player is like buying a property because generally the way the market goes in football, the value of that player will just always go up. That's why Gareth Bale cost 80 million one time and then Maguire cost the same. Do you know what I mean? The mm. fact that you think you can get Maguire for the same amount of money that I think Real Madrid got Ronaldo from Man United for 80 mil as well. But, um, yeah, I think we spent too long on this Jaden Sancho thing, which left a bad taste in Man United fans. Uh, and we should have spent our time looking for another right winger. I'm not mm. too sure whom we could have got. Um, but yeah, we should have just spent that time getting a solid right winger. And then that way, and I think we've spoken about this before, Luke, that we could then get Mason Greenwood to play in his prime position of a striker. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. But 
And Mikey, yeah, definitely needed a centre back. Um, potentially a right back, and that in that in Ockerman uh, potentially a right back to challenge Aaron Wambasaka, and a, definitely a right winger to, yeah, um, push that attacking. But that's do you, my... do you think that? Do you think that you should sign one centre back to? help Maguire or do you think we should sign two centre backs to get rid of Maguire and have a solid centre back punch? That's a tough one man. I think we because I mean he has shown to be good at some cases and that's a tough one for me man. I'm never I don't like giving up on players like that after maybe one or two it's more than two games obviously it's like a lot more. I, I think the problem is we started him off too early. Literally, he got off that court case or whatever in Greece, and then he played football two days afterwards. I think way too soon. I think he needed time to process, get himself back. I don't know if he, I don't know if he was wanting to jumping into football. I think so, Ollie, Ollie should have just told him, look, take a few days. Same with what we did for Pogba. Pogba just came out of coronavirus. Oh, no oh, shit, he's up. Well, amazing. shit, then. Is he there? The man. Oh. It seems oh. that the, the Man United propaganda team came in and took him out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> could you imagine? That's how it felt like. What? I was left in the background. Those are like, the ISSP <laughs> hearing the truth, the oh tragicness, and you want to talk about what. They weren't ready. They weren't ready. <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> say that again. Sorry about that. Say that again. Yeah, no, but um, no, I wouldn't want to give up on um, Maguire. But we, but he does need to get a rest because he needs to get his head mindset back in. 100%. Um, to get because he's deaf. He's just not there. You just see him just lackluster at the moment. Like, I mean, like, how can you tackle, take down Luke Shaw? Do you know what I mean? In that awful performance against Tottenham. <laughs> Like, I've never seen it. I've never seen anyone tackle it. And you know the worst thing is, this is the second time he's done this to us. Not Luke Shaw, but I think he may have tackled Aaron Wan-Bissaka in a Europa League game. It was just silly, man. But uh, I know, I know, I've arrived really late, and I'm yeah. not apologising because I think I've come at the right time. Can I just throw in a suggestion in this department, please? Yeah, I, I know the cure for Maguire. I actually know the cure for Maguire. What's that? Right. What's that? Firstly, he needs to play every single game. Firstly, let's just get that out of the way. Yep. Okay. Every game Maguire must play. Now, if I was to ever try and, you know, beside a United and feel sorry for them and think, oh, yeah, like, what can they do to save themselves? So, well, firstly, you ain't selling Maguire anytime soon. No stupid idiotic team is going to match yeah. the valuation on the playoff or yeah. even come close to however much you may have to take. You get it? And no club will be willing to pay that. So if United, for example, was trying to ask for 50 to 60 million for Maguire, yeah. you know, no one's yeah. really going to beg for that to United knowing exactly what they're getting. And because of then... that... Sorry. No, no, go on, go on, no. go on. Yeah, because like you said, man, because of that 80 million price tag on him, yeah, the owners are pretty much saying to Oli, you have to play him. You, we paid 80 mil for him. You know what I mean? You have to play him. And it's kind of like, he really shouldn't be playing right now. Let me ask a question here, again, directly to you. Yeah. Simple general question. Is Maguire better than Chris Smalling? Oh. 
มาจากแสงฟูนอตาสิไม่ลีลีไม่เลิศ it is the top one for him yeah leave him but it's not even tough come on no I need to know why I need to know his answer please can we allow A to the L to answer the question still please okay go on okay go on I mean Chris Morley killed it in Italy and he did really well for us before I probably have to say Chris Morley but it's tough to say that because it's like If someone gave me uh, a PS4, let's say I bought a PS4, and then I don't know for some reason, stupid of me, bought another PS4. The one I paid for more, I'm just gonna say I like that one more because I paid for it more, and that's the way I see Maguire. I don't even. I think we got Chris Morning for like 12 mil from. What was it? I can't remember what team was it. Watford at the time. Fulham. No, yeah, you signed. Fulham. Was it Fulham? You Sorry, signed Chris Morning from Fulham. When yeah. you signed him, automatically he was deemed as the next Rio Ferdinand, oh, though he has no man. connection to Ferdinand whatsoever. But nah. in the actual like situation of his career, despite every other centre half he had to play alongside with, he on paper was your most simplified and successor along yeah. with Johnny Evans before you sold him. And yeah. when you did let Chris Morning go, obviously on loan now permanently. Yeah, now permanently, yeah. it still looks on paper that he was your best performing centre back, and you still was allowing Phil Jones. You're still allowing Eric Bay, who cannot, who can't stay out of the hospital bed. Like these yeah. are just simple things that show you why your club will forever struggle. You allowed yourselves to fall into the 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 the, the problematic um, um, region that is. Do not fall in the English market. Do you get only City. <laughs> Like fell into it, but they got away with it. They signed two outfield English players for 50 million. One of them succeeded; the other one was still in question. But you would rather have paid the money for a player like Stones and not have too much issues with him, because it's not really a major problem with him and City compared to Maguire at United. Or you know, yeah, you signed Phil Jones for 16 mil at Blackburn, but what the fuck has he done for you? You get it? Like yeah. honestly, you're not the best team recently in terms of signing British defenders, English in particular. And when you do sign them, you feel like we have to give you a shoulder to cry on. Suck it up. You wanted them. They're yours now. And the one player we're talking about in particular is your club captain. That man leads your team to every game you play. So firm it, bro. World's expensive defender is the leader of your club, and you know why. He's shit just like you lot. It's the inevitable. Only in Woodward in. No, I completely agree with the the captain thing, man. Like, I don't, I don't agree that he should be captain. I don't understand how someone can come in and be like, yeah, he's your new captain. It happens though. Arsenal did it with Xhaka. And then he did it with Bavamia straight after. So you're just seeing a new era of leadership that isn't truly shown as leadership. You get it? Like, when you know a captain, you know a captain. You yeah. know a man that's going to lead your men, okay? Now, for a long time, I've had to support a team that a lot of the players are not really men, okay? They're not. Majority of the men players aren't men. They're representing the club as bitches. Not that I'm calling them females or disrespecting them in any way. They're just soft, tamed andrexes. You understand? Like, they're just wet dogs. But, look, I can't give them the negative critics because the player who is our captain now is our best performing player. So we're happy. We're, we're utilising the influence he shows. And that's kind of what your club has tried to do, but not with the right player. 
Maguire isn't your influential player and he's definitely no leader. But if they see it, then you listen because United believe they're right in every department, even though we know they're wrong. So let's just leave them to do what they want to do. Don't complain. Just <laughs> celebrate it. It makes yeah. sense. No way. It makes sense. All right. Uh, Margie, on to you. Um, that was eventful. Well, for me, uh, my transfer window wasn't too bad, but there was a few places where I reckon we could have done a bit better business. For me, I, I still think we needed another winger. So someone like a Grealish or a Ben Rama, someone of, of that ilk, you know, as a fourth choice. I think as a top team, if you're trying to go for it, you need at least four bad man wingers. So I would say that. And then a CDM. So some someone like a, either Declan Rice or a Samari, just as a, you know, because Kante, he can't do it all. He, he has got more and more injured over his career over as he's grown in age. Obviously, we're going to have to let him go at some point because he's coming into his 30s. So I think we need to bring in another DM. Uh, apart from that, really, I would say I would have made a few changes in terms of who we bought. So for me, uh, Ben Chilwell wouldn't have been my choice for left back, even though he's English. And I understand why we got him because of that English context. I feel like other teams bought the better left backs. I feel like Tellez, I feel like um, Regalon in, are better left backs overall in terms of either going forward or defensively or both. So so for me, I feel like we, we chose the English choice and we overpaid. We paid double the price of everyone else. So if you look at Tierney, he went for 25 mil. You look at, obviously, uh, Tellez 15, Regalon 20. So we, we paid 50. Even though we came down from 80, we still overpaid because of that, that English English premium price. Um, apart from that, I think we, we probably were one of the smartest teams we... We had two transfer ban, two windows where we didn't spend no money. We had a transfer ban, and we came into the COVID transfer market, and we uh, we lit it up. We saw that Madrid were out, Barca out, Bayern weren't doing much. You know, all the top teams had no money. They were just always on loan deals, silly deals. So, yeah, we swooped, we swooped the talent that we could get as much as possible before the uh, other big teams come next summer. So, you know, we did what we needed to do. Oh, do you think Lampard is capable yeah, of managing all of those incomings and still managing to keep hold of the players that are still there? Because you do have a very large squad. So how is Lampard going to be able to satisfy everyone, keep everyone in rotation? Especially the youth, the youth like Mason Mount, like Tammy Abraham especially, um, who obviously helped you guys to get into the top four last season. So how are you going to be able, how is Lampard going to be able to keep those people happy? Um, For me, uh, we did loan out a couple of, of uh, players. I feel like Tomori should have gone out on loan. He should have kept, uh, and then maybe next summer, so we would go and bring in another centre-back to, you know, to replace him and Thiago Silva as a whole, because we still need that. But that's next summer. I feel like in terms of the youth talent that we have in the club, the ones that we've kept are good enough. I mean, my only issue is probably that we have too many left-backs. But, I mean, Marcus Alonso and Emerson, if they've got a problem, they can go on a free. They can uh, rip up their contract for all I care. And if they go on a complaint, I'll just put them in reserves. Uh, I, I know business. If my, if I think a player's not good enough and he's not up to the standard, I, I don't want that. I want Lampard to show no remorse. I want him to be ruthless. So... It's, it's, this is the season where he's got to put up a shot. He's got to show that he's capable of of, of putting th this group of players that are 
obviously Fuller with egos, want to play game time, want to, to know what their position is within the club and are fighting for multiple places as well. So it's going to be him to just gel this all together and, and, and try and finish top four again so that we can push on to next season for a title push in the future. But, you know, it's, it's yeah, it's put up a short time for him. I mean, I'm not really bothered either way if he is successful or not successful. He is our legend, but at the same time, we've, our club has lived off of, if you're not good enough, you move on, we'll get another one. So when we, we're, we're really ruthless when it comes to managers, players, um, even backroom staff. We can change the whole thing if we need to because we have the structure in place. We have Roman, we have the people underneath, we have the sporting directors, we have the past heroes like uh, Czech, Baviero, you know, certain former players within the structure of the club in different positions, like Carlo Cuduccini is our goalkeeping coach. So, for me, the structure that we have allows us to be ruthless when it comes to players and managers. And I think that's the difference between us and any other team, that like their structure on top isn't working well together for them to be to be that ruthless with players and, and managers and keeping these men for longer than they should be. So, yeah. I feel like yeah, that's the only the only issue I've had with the transfer window was we should have let more man go. But you know, who wants to buy Alonso? Yeah, so, true. What am I gonna do? Who wants to All buy right. Emerson? Over to you, Chin. So the question is, um, what what are the players or who are the players that you wanted your team to sign, and what position in the <laughs> team um, do you think should have been filled if they haven't been filled already? Um, looking at our squad, and bear, all right. So just before I kind of look here, yeah. Considering obviously who we signed, like mentioned, it's fair, it's realistic, but it kind of it makes my answer difficult because the players we signed were surrounded by a particular budget that clearly the club actually goes by. Um, that budget is enough for them to either obtain, acquire um, only a very small handful of marquee players or a different balance of quality players in a multiple quantity. So in other words, we were able to get these players, but if I was in that position, I would love to see the likes of Oblak come in because he was one of the key players this particular window. I wanted our statement because obviously it's a strange one, I know, but we had an issue between Leno Martinez. A part of me is starting to feel like Leno has a, an, is, has or will become a, an injury prone player. I think he will start showing more signs of injuries being an issue along the way. I also felt this is why I kind of wanted Martinez over him, but because Martinez wanted first team football, it was better to sell him because that wouldn't obviously work with him and his desires if we had obtained a player like Oblak. Again, that's why it's kind of catch-22. If we have a player like Oblak, we wouldn't have a player like Leno. It's difficult. But being being honest, that's who I would have liked um, as a keeper. Outfield, uh, it's, a, again, difficult. Um, I would have preferred if we had acquired two centre-halves, but one of them was established to complement Gabriel so strange to come out with it I know but I'm taking Lindelof 
a player, for example, like a player like Lindelof, who's been given the Premier League qualities and the kind of qualities he portrays as a player, and he's only been prone to mistakes various various times because obviously you're not a perfect footballer. You can't always expect to play and not make mistakes. But on paper, in my simple opinion, I like Lindelof. I like how he plays. I think the first couple of seasons at United, he was actually one of the um, needed players that kept the formality of things. So, in other words, there may have been various um, rotations that had to happen or just certain injuries. Lindelof would still continue to play and perform. And you could see in each performance, he deserved a place. And this was at a time where he wasn't much of a player for them. So... Just along that kind of quality, I would have liked to Lindelof. Because again, on paper, when you compare him to our current players, he would walk into our defence. Like, we have two central, de- central defenders who are over 30 and they're not centre-halves who we should be playing anymore. Mustafi isn't Lindelof's quality. And obviously, we've got all the other defenders who are still young. Rob Holding, I think, is a, a very excellent backup player. Probably the best average player you can see for the rest of your life. There's nothing more from him. Chambers is the exact example of useless. You should never allow a player who wants to go out with life and he's a Callum with one L. That's rude. I don't expect I don't expect much from him. So it might look like we've got a lot of defenders, but the defensive qualities actually show. And that's what I was concerned about. And I think a player like Lindelof, I would have I would have liked it. No one I care would agree or not. I just think on paper what he could have brought. Again, yes. And yeah, definitely we needed that. Um uh, solid midfielder uh, for the co- club. We just needed a midfielder to complement who we had already. And if we were going to continue having any public issues with the likes of Matteo Guendouzi or we were going to have continuous problems with um, Torreira's fitness or whether he's actually going to be a part of the team or not, we did not sign him looking like a bench player at first. But now he came in those other players came back from their loan spells or other players aren't excelling. He doesn't actually look like there's a space for him now, especially bringing Ceballos back on loan. So it ditches his growth as a player and we shouldn't have to worry about him. He's South American. We signed him from the Italian league. He's not relevant to us. We want to accomplish things. And if he is wasting our time doing that, let him go. Because I'll be honest with you, Santa still needs his helpers when Christmas is coming. So little elf boy can go back to wherever he needs to go and play his football. You get it? No, this is the reality. We've got the players for certain reasons. But if we're going to have these particular players, we've brought Elneny back and we didn't let him go. So we're literally using him as cover man. He's not a great player. He's not an exceptional midfielder. But he's a player that clearly has a professional job to do. And if that's what they want from him, then that's why signing Partey was necessary because we're not going to go into the season without at least one quality midfielder. So Bios isn't even our player, so we can't be claiming man that's not ours. Yeah. So that w- that's what I would have liked personally during this window. If the, the board were willing enough to really give the right percentage of money to, to, to the manager, we should have definitely just gone guns blazing, said, fuck it all. Get the keeper we need. Get the two centre half that we would have needed, because this was the time to develop Saliba. We gave him his loan spell. Now he can play. You would have complimented him by getting an additional player who's played in the same league, so they may have a potential relationship. 
We could play both of them in the Cup and Europa games. This will be their way of learning and growing as players who require the growth and experience. And along the way, even one of those players could have been a rotational option along with David Louise and whatever centre-half we have fit, if needed, to then go with the quality centre-half that would be playing week in, week out. And I can't give you a particular name as a centre-half other than Lindelof because, like mentioned, Koulibaly I would have loved, but I'm not spending 90 million on him. Um, I would have liked someone like Jose, Jose Maria Jimenez, but Atletico Madrid would have probably asked for a lot of money for him. Um, just again, Rafael Varane being an exceptional defender for the last few years. Real Madrid would have asked a lot of money for him. Despite what's happened in COVID, this would have happened. And that's just why I would have settled for Lindelof. I would have definitely taken all black. And I would have 100% taken, if it wasn't Partey, then another like for like player. But Partey, I'm absolutely happy with. So yeah, those would, would have been the players for me. Would Partey have been your first choice? Um, I believe Partey was a part of the choices. I had a, a, a array of different midfield options. Partey was one of them. Um, again, just because of the capability, timing, experience. He has been playing predominantly Spanish football and high quality football for the last five plus years. Like he has actually been predominantly playing consistently. So signing him was definitely an option and because of what he could do it doesn't really like there isn't a shadow of a doubt that i'm happy that the quality that he will bring i don't feel too much of the weaknesses the only reason why i would because he's walking into the weakness so i have belief that his strengths will help towards what we already have as a as a con as a weakness as a negative i feel like he's a big compliment to that so he's definitely a part of that shortlist, one thousand percent. Okay, cool. So for me, um, uh, I'm happy with the business that we made. Um, really and truly, if someone had asked me before the start of the season, and what areas do I believe we should have strengthened, hundred percent another centre back. Not just because Lovren's gone, but I've always said that we needed a, a certain centre-back partner along with uh, Van Dijk. Um, not to discredit the efforts of Gomez that he's made over the last 18 months. He's made uh, an impressive uh, progression um, in terms of his, his development. And not to discredit Matip, I think he's very underrated. Um, but I just think a solid centre-back needs another solid centre-back. Um, and where Gomez and Matip are very injury prone. Um, I would have liked to have Kulabali or uh, Upper Makano playing alongside Van Dijk. Um, two centre backs who are physically imposing in both Kulabali and Upper Makano, two centre backs who are quite athletic, um, strong, um, uh, provides an aerial threat not just at the back, but in corners as well, in set pieces. Um, just imagine that partnership, Van Dijk and Konobali or Van Dijk and Abba McCarthy. Disgusting. That's you make me sick. Um, mm-hmm. And then there's the second position I would have liked was a uh, central midfielder. I've always said for, for years that we needed a creative uh, midfielder. Obviously, we got that now in, in Thiago. Um, but I still feel like we are lacking a bit more just because we only have one creative mid- midfielder in Thiago. Um, 
all the rest of our midfielders are all just workhorses. Keita hasn't really come into his own. We've had him for three, four years now. He's still struggling. Um, Genie has obviously been given uh, the wrong in, in instructions. He's, he's not playing the same way as Ronald Koeman gave him in terms of on international duty for Netherlands. He's playing a complete, completely different role for us. So if we're not seeing the best out of Genie, then, you know, maybe he should have gone to Barca. Um, Henderson isn't, he's, he's not the type of guy that you're going to expect to do Gerard Walls or just ping it or do short, quickly, um, decisive passes. You know, he's a workman like midfielder as well. Um, Chamber, he provides pace through midfield, but he's not really a creative outlet. So, you know, Thiago is our only guy. So it would have been great to have, um, uh, a creative midfielder. Um, someone like a, a, Milen- a, a Milenkovic-Savic. Um, I would have loved for him to be a part of Liverpool's midfield. Um, someone that is just a complete midfielder. Again, someone that's physically imposing in midfield. Tall, strong, someone that could ping it long, someone that could play short passes, someone that can run the show, do box-to-box, you know, have a key eye for goal. He, he has everything. Um, so someone like him would have been good. And then the third position would be a winger, whether it's left winger or right wing. Obviously, we've got Jota that's come through, who I'm happy with. So, ideally, a right winger, um, someone that could obviously provide solid cover for Salah. Um, we've got solid cover for Jota with, with Mane. So, obviously, Mane is going to have to be looking over his shoulders um, because Jota will be putting pressure on him. Um, no, he won't! He will. No, we won't. But, Don't you dare disrespect Mane like that. Jota is nowhere near going to be competing against Mane. Do you know what kind of uh, player Mane has been for you? Yes, he will, man. Behave yourself. So, on, the, on, the right, on right wing, um, for right wing, I would have liked us to sign Sancho. Um, and, and personally, I believe Aye. that we probably will sign Sancho next season. Aye. Just because Aye. of the links that Klopp has with Dortmund um, and who knows this might have been a blessing in disguise in, in Sancho not leaving to go United maybe you might go Liverpool who knows um, maybe it's you just want him to maybe no, you do but it's possible it's actually possible <laughs> um, it's an option we'll, right. we'll, we'll, we could we will see obviously come next year um, but yeah those three other positions that I would have liked us to, to fill and those, those three other players that um, I would have liked us to have signed. But overall, you, you know what? Beggars can't be choosers. I'm happy at the fact that we sign players because there's, Trust me. there's teams like United that went on a panic by spree. And hey, shout out to the teams that really signed this summer, man. Thank you. We did good, yes. man. We did good. We did good. Teams that signed this season, hey, hey, not signing just one young boy and thinking, yeah, that's a saviour. And you don't even know what you signed. You know what? Before you land, Luke, that's the one thing about United that I can't stand. They signed Van Der Beek that they know they didn't need to sign, but they actually on paper, signing Van Der Beek is the perfect situation for you because you can now prepare yourself to sell Fred, offload Matic, bring, you know what? You mentioned a name that they can go and sign. Milinkovic Savage could be a player they can go and bring in now. But they shouldn't go for a player like that if they keep a player like Pogba. This is just what they have to consider now. Matic is done age-wise. Fred, never been a player they care about. So he can go whenever. Signing Van der Beek is like 
you've just put the biggest piece of the puzzle to your jigsaw and it's permanent now. It will never come out. He's fixed a lot of your situation and allowed your team to find a balance that you can create. And you lot don't even know it. Not a single one of you know it. So you know what? United and Chelsea, Liverpool and Chelsea and definitely Arsenal. Well done. Okay. Well fucking done. Yeah. Let these fucking United lot sit there with their boo-hoo-hoo self. Fucking come now, boohoo.com. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, so I'll move on to the next the next question. So next question is pick two or three teams that you think had good and bad windows. So I'll go first. So for me, um the team that's had one of the teams that's had an amazing window is Everton. Um as much as I hate to admit it, but they have signed players that in every single position is quality and they needed it. Ben Godfrey, quality centre-back, one for the future as well. He's going to be exceptional. Alan, an exceptional... Godfrey is confirmed, by the way. Godfrey is confirmed. Yeah, yeah. He's confirmed, bro. Alan, Alan as well, an underrated central midfielder that can do the dirty work. Um, he, He performed amazingly for Napoli when Angelotti was there. So I have no no qualms that he's not he's not gonna do the same thing again. Um Abdullah Decore, um a bully on a ball, someone that's very underrated. I think he's he's a quality player. Um James Rodriguez where I can't believe Everton pulled that off. I really can't. Why would Hamish Rodriguez not lower himself to this? I don't, I don't understand. I don't know. How do you go there? Do you know what? For 20 million as well. Ancelotti is why he went there, man. Yeah, you know Leave him alone. You know what? A round of applause for Don Carlo. You know what? A round of applause for Don Carlo. You damn well I'm giving a round of applause for that man. Don Carlo, man. You get me. That's my thriller. If you ever ask me what manager I did want, Ancelotti, 1,000. But he's already at Everton, so that story going to happen. You know what? I don't even want to be sidetracked, but he was actually linked to you guys, and I swear you guys was was talking to him. Why why did he not go? To where? To Arsenal. Who? Hammers? No, Ancelotti. Ancelotti? Because we weren't willing to get... We were probably not willing to give potentially the, the the agreements that he may have wanted or because the club had already in place to take Arteta. Simple as that. Because oh, sure. otherwise, Ancelotti probably would have come before Emery. But that was, that was the reason why there was only three managers I actually looked at the realistic candidates after Emery. Um, Allegri, Ancelotti and Arteta. But mm. when I mentioned the first two, if they weren't already going to be confirmed, then it was inevitably going to be Arteta because we needed those two elite proven managers to come in from early to get the team set up. Because Allegri still having a good time and Ancelotti, that didn't happen. It was inevitable that Arteta was going to be the coach. So yeah, that's that what sense. Fair enough. So um, so yeah. So for and I didn't even know yet that Everton signed Nkudu. I didn't even know they signed Nkudu. That's mad. Um, but yeah. So for me. Um, Everton's one of the teams that I feel has done good business. Um, I would say my team, just purely because I'm still surprised that we managed to sign uh, Thiago. Um, 
but it would have been an exceptional window if we had got a centre back. Um, but the the second team for me that I felt has done good business is Leeds. I think the signing of Rodrigo is that that's a game changer for me. Um, to be able to sign Rodrigo, they signed Diego Lorente as well, another underrated player, and they signed Rapinha as well, another foot, football manager, uh, FIFA youth project pro, uh, prospect type of player as well. I think he's going to do bits for them. Um, I really do rate him a lot. Um, so those two are the two clubs for me that's done good business. Um, the two clubs that I feel has done poor business is I'm going to put United in there just sim- simply because um, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer wasn't able to get his first choice signings. Um, it, I would have liked to have seen who those first team signings was or first choice signings was. Obviously, one of them is world-renowned Sancho, but who was the, the other signings that he wanted to yeah. The other, he, apparently he said four. I can't remember who the fourth one was, but he wanted Grealish, uh, Oconcano and uh, Sancho. I can't remember. I think the other one was a striker. I can't remember wh- who it was, but um, those were the guys that he wanted to... Oh, I think... Uh, was it Chidwell? He wanted to get a left back? Um, oh, Chilwell, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah potentially. Um, but it was definitely... He definitely wanted Grealish, Sancho and Oconcano. Okay, so obviously yeah. he didn't get any of them. So for me, that's not yeah. business for United. Um, mm. So I don't know who decided on the players that's coming. Alex Tennis is a brilliant footballer, but you know, um, they're not they're not the choices that Oli wanted. So mm. you know, for me, they were all panic signings. So they had a bad bad window, and um, I also believe Fulham had a bad window as well. Um, I don't know if any of you lot have heard. But their owner went on to Twitter and um, obviously brought out in-house uh, laundry onto the TL and obviously exposed um, the squad, um, which is obviously bad. Um, he went out and stated that he wanted to get a first choice, second choice and third choice centre-backs. But because of COVID, they obviously prevented him from signing those players. Um, now, obviously, for me, that's disrespectful for the current centre-backs that you currently have there. Um, and that doesn't build confidence for those players that are currently mm. in the team and full world that the higher-ups is obviously airing out your, your business on the TL. Um, so for me, they're a loser in that, that respect because that's not what an actual owner should be doing. Mm. Um, he should be keeping private matters um, private and not on a TL. Um, so they're losers in my eyes. Um, so those two would be the bad and the other two would be the good for me. So I'm going to start with you, Margie. What would be your two good windows, two teams that had good windows and two bad teams that had bad windows? Okay, okay. Uh, well, I had three on each, but I'm just going to put, put one as an honourable mention. I'll put Everton as an honourable mention because I agree with you. The only thing for me is what brings them down for me is that they didn't replace Jordan Pickford, aka the English Kepper. I mean, dinosaur hands, fam. You can't even save in a Black Friday sale. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) That's all I'm saying about him. But as for the two teams that I felt did the the best business, for me, I've got to say Aston Villa. (laughs) Considering last season... 
they were this close to getting relegated. Mm-hmm. To be able to actually bring the players that they brought in, uh, it's amazing. Ollie Watkins, a decent striker from Brentford, as you can see, he's uh, done well. He's banging them in. Um, for me, Ross Barkley on loan, that's a very smart signing. It gives an- another creative option alongside Grealish. Another one that people may not know about, Matty Cash at right back as well. An- another solid like a uh, defensive signing. Also with uh, uh, a couple more, Bertrand Traore, an attacker, very exciting player, someone that can come off the bench, someone that I think who might be unexpected in terms of what he's capable of. Obviously, he's a former Chelsea player. I know a little bit about him. And yeah, he, he was he was a, one of the highly rated youth talents that we had coming up. And finally, for me, the one that shocked me the most, uh, Emilio Martinez, a solid keeper. I feel like out of uh, of him and um, uh, Leno, I felt he was better last season. So the 100%. fact that they let him go for 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 that little of a price and to Villa as well, that was just great business on their hand. It's allowed them. It's gave them a keeper that can save them goals. It's they got a striker that can score. They have more creativity along with the team. They kept hold of Grealish, which was another great bit of business because there were so many rumours of him going to this club and that club. And the fact that they kept him as well and signed him onto a new contract and everything like that, I feel like they're going to go on strides and they have the possibility of finishing within the top 10 because of the changes they've made to their team. And obviously, I'm happy that they slapped up Liverpool uh, the other week. So, yeah, that's why I picked them. And then my other team is obviously uh, Spurs. For me, the business that they did was shocking. Um, I didn't, I didn't think it was going to happen to one of some of the players that they got. For me, as I said, they got the best left back out of the lot that people have got. Serge Regulon, best left back in La Liga last season. Quality signing. Um, they also brought in Hoiberg as a DM, something that brought steel, that kind of Jose Mourinho signing. You know. To complement La Celso and uh, Endombele. Um, what else? They also brought in Joe Hart as well as a backup keeper. And I know some people are going to make fun of him, but he is a Premier League champion. He has experience. He knows what it takes to win. And I feel like he would be a great voice to have in the background. He's not a, a guy that's going to play games, but when it comes to the crunch time, when it comes to the big moments, I think he's going to be a big voice alongside Lloris and he can also show Lloris what it takes to be a keeper that wins the Premier League. So I think that was a solid signing for them. Um, and what else? They did a few more bits of business that I'm really happy about. Um, they signed uh, Gareth Bell and Carlos Vinicius. Yeah, Carlos they, Vinicius, they're... a backup striker. Then Do- uh, uh, from... was it then Matt Doherty as well? Yeah, Matt. Oh Doherty yeah, as well. yes, yeah. yes, yes. So yes, they, Matt Doherty. I don't know why. Yeah, I don't know why Wolves let him go. For me, and they Same. they they sorted both their left back and right back problem just like that. Uh, solid left back, right back. Um. Yeah, Carlos Vinicius. Finally, they have a backup key, uh, backup striker to Kane, top scorer in the Portuguese league last season. So, uh, solid signing. And then, um, yeah, finally, I mean, the 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 only thing I would say that maybe they could have done is probably bring in a centre back. And there's yes. still possibility to do that in January. But the final signing and the most important, the king. Returns. Finally, the king of Wales has come back to the Spurnabow. Let's go. AKA wait, wait, oh, no. wait a minute. That's that's copy. Ball? That's copyright infringement to uh, expressions. 
no copyright infringement, all me, fam, aka Mr. King of Wheels. You know what I'm talking about? Gareth Bale, aka. Mate, Zidane, you think of... you can bench me? I won you a Champions League. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. That man right there. He doesn't even have to be 50% of the play he once was. But the, the fear that he will bring into defences alongside Son and Kane, I feel like that mm. those additions have put them in a prime position to finish top four, top four, Mate. top six. Definitely. I completely agree, man. Yeah, if yeah. those two, if those, if Kane and Bale can avoid injury and like they just, like they all just like, a nice jigsaw puzzle. That three would be a fucking scary three to come against, man. You got Sun, Bayo, I assume, on the right wing, who cuts in potentially, I don't know, and Kane up front, man. They'd fucking kill it, man. Uh, and then the financial benefits that he'll bring to the club. He, he got a cost, he's costing them like 300,000 pounds a week, but hope, I mean, like maybe in shirt sales or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Anything you put Bayo on, all those top fans are going to jump on that. You know, like you said, like the king returns and that's who they are for him. But, um, man, yeah, what a great signing for Tottenham. Yeah. yeah. And, and then, uh, not, on... You're too bad. The two worst. Yeah, the two bad. Obviously, uh, the obvious ones are, for me, honourable mentions, Fulham, West Ham, but they never really did any business. And I think for both of them, that's going to lead them to relegation. So that's why I have them as honourable mentions. But for me, in terms of the two teams I expected to do more this summer, I would say I would agree with you in terms of Manchester United. I feel like they should be they shouldn't really care about the manager because it's 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 a it's a ongoing cycle of every two three seasons they let down the manager they have a stinker of a transfer window and they bring in these men that truly shouldn't be at their club. For me, they needed a right winger. They needed they needed two centre backs. For me, Harry Maguire is not good enough. They needed two centre backs. Um, and even if you wanted to keep Harry Maguire, they needed a left-sided centre-back. And, and Oli Gunnar Solskjaer last season was uh, saying, okay, yeah, we need a left centre-back. And guess what? He's gone to see. That was the other... That was the other player. Sorry, that just it just came here yeah, when you said, okay, that was the other player. Sorry, it wasn't a striker. He wanted, okay, and he wanted... Um, Sancho Greenish and Sancho Greenish. Yeah. So you're completely yeah. right in what you're saying because he wanted two centre-backs as well, but the board was just like, nah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then in midfield, they needed, they need, they still need a DM. I feel like Matic is too old. He's too static. Um, he's not good enough anymore. He's past his prime. So in order for that midfield to work, they need a DM that can allow for players like Bruno van der Beek and uh, Pogba to flourish. And, and I'm going to lie, the, the, this transfer window was so bad that it's, it's looking like Pogba is going to leave next season, next summer. He's running yeah. down his contract, which which what it looks like, even though he they do have an hour a uh, year extension on that. But I feel he's just gonna run it down and then leave. And then up front, I feel like um for me, Cavani to get the back up to Chupo Moting of all people as as a, as the striker he decides to come in. Uh, <laughs> whoever his agent is a forward man, I've got to say that, but still for for him, I think he's not he's he's got way past his, his prime. Um you still have Igalo in there till January, which makes no sense to me. Um, as I said, the right wing. But also, I, for me, I would move Marshall to a striker and bring in a, a more progressive left winger because I don't think Rashford's good enough to be starting for Man United. I think he, he should be on the bench. Mm. So the okay. fact that they were talking about Grealish, him on the left, Sancho on the right, uh, Marshall down the middle, that would be a, a creative and attacking uh, strike force that can interchange that can, you know, cause uh, defensive problems. And I think that United 
attack didn't deal with their defence, didn't deal with their attack and, and barely touched their midfield as well. And I think overall they they were fourth last season on joint points with us and we did business and they didn't. And I think that's going to lead them to be either in Europa League next season or even worse. So, And the way that other teams are looking as well and the transfers they've made, it's, 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 it's going to be... It's going to be hard to see uh, United do anything this season if they if one they don't make some signings in January and two they keep on Ole Gunnar Solskjaer as their manager. Okay. And then the other team for me is um, for me which I felt that did bad business and I feel that they've been put in against Jutsu again or uh, uh, their fans is Arsenal. For me, in terms of what they needed to do and what they did do, it's it's. It's too much. For me, of what I know of Arsenal, what I've seen of Arsenal in the past, the all four unbeatable teams, the teams that were winning Premier Leagues, top four every season, that kind of level of quality, they haven't, they, they made mistakes. You don't let your backup keeper, Emelian uh, Martinez, go when you know that Leno has, has had previous when it comes to injury history of getting injured and being out for a period of time and then bringing some guy named Ronas and who sounds like some Viking guy or whatever as a backup goalkeeper. It's not going to work. As soon as Leno gets injured, you've got a problem. The centre-backs, you have too many centre-backs. You have like eight centre-backs. Um, so many of them are, are dead weight, dead wood that you need to, to let go of, I feel. You have like what one and a half good centre-backs uh, in, in Gabriel and David Luiz, who's half as good as he used to be. So they needed a centre-back. Um for me, I'd, this five at the back system that they're playing isn't good enough for them to come to top four, so they needed to be four at the back. And I'm tired, busy days at work and that. <laughs> yeah, sorry, man. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, man. At the same yeah. time. <laughs> anyway, yeah. uh, don't worry, man. I'm, hopefully, I'm not boring you too much. No, it no, no. no, no, no. Add, I want to add more. Because what are you saying? Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, no, sorry, go ahead. Finish off, finish off. Uh, for me, in the right back position, they should have done something because I don't think their right backs are good enough. You got what Cedric, who is he, and then you got uh, the fashion designer who cares more about uh, London Fashion Week than a London derby. So <laughs> they they should have let him go. Uh, when when a man like Max Irons is available, when Tyrek Clamptey was available in the summer as well, they could have had better options. Left back is fine. Midfield, um, I, a party is their best signing, but they needed some creativity. Yeah. Um, the only creative player they have at the moment is Celebos, but they needed someone like an Owa just to add more. I think uh, midfield of Owa and Party, and then uh, the one thing that no one is talking about that I think should be the biggest issue is the, the freezing out of Ozil. If you're going to freeze a man out, at least get a replacement for him. Get a cam in. Like, yeah. he is good enough. If you had two destroyers behind him, just like you see at Everton, two destroyers, have him as the cam, and he would be, and the amount of balls that he could get into Lacazette, into Aubameyang, into whoever you have on the right wing in terms of Pepe and, and William, like mm. the fact that they're freezing them out, only for me, it seems like it's a political thing rather than the player himself. Yeah, I was going to say, what I want, yeah, I was wondering what's happening there, man. Because like, like even then, like he did that, he did that really nice thing where he saved that guy's job. Gunnosaurus. Uh, like, yeah, Gunnosaurus. Yeah. And then literally the next day or two later, they announced the Europa, the Europa League team. He wasn't even part of it. He wasn't even yeah. part of the 23-man squad. So, mate, that's a kick in the teeth, man. And, like, he says he's not injured. He says he's fit and ready to play. I mean, they're just paying him to play Fortnite at the moment. So, I think it's the board. I think the board is telling Arteta not to play him. Yeah. 
Do you think, like, they're trying to force, like you said, freeze him out, like, try to force him out, just like, yeah, they're trying everything to get because he's, regardless of him not playing right now, he is their best creative midfielder. Forget William, forget the bios, he is the man that makes them tick. So, to have someone like that and not play him, I'm pretty sure if Arteta could, he would play him. I'm pretty sure he would. If if he wouldn't, then that's questionable as to why yeah. he wouldn't. Yeah. But it must be a political thing. It has to be. Mm. Yeah. I think Austin Wenger commented on today and he said, he, he said exactly what he said. It's nothing to do with the football now when it comes to Ozil. It's something in the background. I don't know what they, he said. He didn't know what it was. It does seem political. And yeah, just, it just seems a shame because, I mean, he lit it up in the World Cup. Do you remember mm-hmm. when he played for Germany? I can't remember which World Cup it was, but yeah. he killed it and uh, made a move to Arsenal and killed it in the Premier League. But haven't seen him play for years now. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, Wait, over I to still you. Still got a few more. Oh, okay, yeah. fine. Uh, in terms of the forwards, I feel like I don't get why they brought in William to replace the man that they spent seventy-two million on. I understand him as a backup option, but the fact that he's starting now, it doesn't really make sense to me. Is it like what Pepe? Is his skills coming in installments like the payments, or, or is he going to be playing? Like, and and for me, I would have a Bamian go down the middle. I think that's something that they need to try. Yeah. Um, I was listening to the Drink Up podcast, which uh, Luke is on, and he was talking <laughs> about how Lacazette. <laughs> yeah, he was talking about how Lacazette wasn't wasn't um wasn't made for Arsenal, and I I agree with that. I think he, they should let him go for me. Um, I think they should focus on the youngsters down the left, like Asako or Martinelli and stuff like that, and focus down Aubameyang down the middle. Because for me, all Lacazette does is um is back it up, back it up on the defenders. He's not really doing much at the moment, yeah. so I don't think he suits their style. I think uh, the way he wants to play football, the way he played at Leon in the past, it's different to what what Arsenal are doing, and I think his talent is being wasted. So for me, you can get money out of him. And he could have that money could have been used to get transfers of, of elsewhere and buy other players. And there's value in him because teams like Atletico Madrid, you know, the bosses, the big teams would want a player like that. So yeah, I think for good. me, Arsenal's transfer window was was not as good. And speaking of the drink of past past, man like Luke saying that Arsenal were going to finish second. I know what, what you were smoking or drinking that night, but I want some of that. I need that right now. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie. Uh, like, I agree with what you're saying in regards to selling Lacazette, and because then, then what you then get is you get to move a Bamiyang into that centre role, which I just don't know. I feel like he uh, performs better if he was in that centre role. Which is not, I've never favoured him in that left. I'm, I'm, he performs really well on that left wing, but I think you can get so much more out of him if he was playing in that centre role. Yeah. 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 Um, over to you, Alan. Uh yeah um so top three I mean you guys pretty much said it you know uh I've got the same Ever- uh, I've got Everton Aston Villa and Tottenham as like the top three who just smashed the transfer window pretty much exactly what you said they've got like they've covered e- Everton covered everything pretty much you know they've got Allen running the right um backing the um defense so it's just not them because they do like to play a high up. Uh, defense. Uh, you got Hans Rodriguez killing it, and um, Conte has just found something in Calvin Lewin that he's just smashing it. But mate, besides that, he's just he's just kind of backed everything. You know, he's just 
uh, back to every um, position. Then again, Tottenham just killing it, taking a left back that Man United needed as well. You know what I mean? We we were disputing the buyout clause, and I'd actually like to know how much the buyout clause was because say it was 40, 50 mil, I still would have taken it. Like, get two good seasons. I mean, get a good left back and then sell him, get 50 mil for him and then, you know, re- use that money to get a decent player. Um, but yeah, Tottenham killing it. Aston Villa killing it by keeping Greenish, Simon Martinez. So exactly what you guys were saying. The ones that I feel didn't do it well, the worst transfer window would be definitely have United up there. Because again, one, we didn't get anything that Oli, Oli wanted. Um, so now he's going to have to work with a team that, that's been given to him. Um, yeah. And, and everyone was, every pundit and everyone was saying it was people who were dealing, who are doing most of their transfers on the last day. It's just not, just not, just shows a very unorganized club. And that's how I feel about United right now. I just feel like it's unorganized and, um, yeah, mismanaged. Don't know what's happened. Maybe poor communication. Um, maybe it's people making decisions that don't really have a football mindset. Do you know what I mean? And I'm talking about Ed Woodward, who financially brings good for the club, but just making silly decisions. And like you said, man, every single one of those guys just smell like a panic buy. Mm-hmm. Um, Alex, I'm happy with Alex Teller, but we'll see. We'll see when he, I'm pretty sure he'll, he will have to start against Newcastle this weekend. So we'll see that result. But um, um, And the other two would be Burnley and West Ham, just for yeah. doing pretty much nothing. Do you know what I mean? West Ham selling their uh, hot prospects youngster to West Brom. What's the guy's name? The, um, um, what is it? Bondiog or something some, like that. Yeah. Something like Wasn't that. Wasn't it Dean Rom or something like that? Something yeah, like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and then obviously not replacing him, not backing. I mean, decent for keeping Declan Rice, but you can only really take you so far. Uh, but you know what? Now I think about it, I wonder how uh, Conte, not Conte, Kante, Kante would fit in Man United. Because I hear that there's a bit of issues with him and uh, Lampard at the moment. So I wonder if he'd take a move, it, but if he did a move, how he would fit that might be potentially, def- potentially in a defensive role at United. But... I Probably mean, would um, persuade Pogba to stay as well if he was to May, Yeah, two French. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I didn't yeah. even think about that that side of uh, the nationality yeah. thing. Yeah. And you know what? January is only like two months away. We're going to be true. in that window again, literally around the corner. So, I mean, like, let's just hope United fix up. Um, I mean, we could be all wrong. I mean, like, United's new signings could come out these next few weeks and kill it. But I highly, highly doubt it, man. I highly doubt it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's fine, man. Top three were same as yours, and three was West. Uh, bottom worst would be worst would be West Ham, Burnley, and United. Okay. So yeah. we'll go on to the final question because I do want to touch upon our predictions for this this uh, this weekend. Um, so Ooh. the last question is: um, Why do foreign rivals in La Liga? Serie A and the Bundesliga, why do they sell to each other, especially for cheap? But why do the Premier Leagues not sell to each other? And if they do, why is it extortionate prices? Alec, we'll go to you. Um, 
Do you know what I think it is? I think it's the gap between the Premier League teams are they used to be they used to be mad. The top four, that's why we're the top four. Like this bit of rival podcast because we were better than pretty much everyone. We were top four consistently. We were always in the Champions League. We was always top four. But now it's completely changed. Do you know what I mean? You're getting you're getting the likes of Leicester challenging constantly, uh, pushing third last year, last season, and then bottling near the end. Um, Everton looks like they're coming up. Wolves, I mean, the, three years ago they were. I was three, four years ago they were a championship team, and now they they were in like Europa League last year, and they're probably going to be aiming for that again, and they probably could do it. Sheffield United coming from Championship and then coming in the top ten. It's madness. I feel like the the difference in like levels is more open, if to say in Premier League. And because of that, you want when you sell players, you want to be selling them for the top because you're kinda of like if you really want Grealish, Grealish could do a lot for our team and Grealish can do a lot for your team. And we want Grealish we will only sell Grealish for 75, 80 mil. Do you know what I mean? And it would have been completely different if they were relegated. If they were relegated, Greenish would have been on the cheap. But yeah. they weren't relegated and because of that, they're still in the Premier League. There's a, they can and they can push. And I think Mar- Marjorie said it earlier, um, that English prestige, you know what I mean? If, like most, I'm not saying there's a lot of English players. Well, I'm sure in the Premier League, the most, the most of the players that are nationality-wise is probably English. And so you can sell them for that premium thing, like what we happen to what happened to, uh, we got Maguire for 8 mil, which is silly. Chid, Chidwell would have left for 875 plus, but you guys like did some magic and got him for 45. And I know you guys said that you overpaid for him a little bit, but you know, you still guys got him down for a little bit. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I feel like in the Bundesliga, it's, I mean, like, I'm not, not watching it a lot, but it's always kind of Borussia Dortmund and Bayern for a long time, for a very long time, but obviously now RB Leipzig is coming in, in for that. It's uh, me for me. The La Liga has always been a two-horse race. It's always, always Barca or Real Madrid that always compete there. Uh, and I'll be honest, I don't really concentrate on the Serie A. But one stat I can tell you is Juventus have won it in the last nine years. I think that just got to tell you all it is. Do you know what I mean? They they're constantly winning it, and because of that, they're just far better than anyone else. Um, say, saying that thing on the cheap, I found it mad that you could sell Suarez. Uh, Vidal and Rakitic all for less like I think they all went away for like less than 2 mil like 2 million euros like 1.7 euro million euros here those three players for less than 5 million euros is mad it's yeah that's that's what I think man. yeah what about you um, yeah. Marjorie um, I agree with uh, much what he says it's, it's about the the level quality difference between the teams I think it all comes down to TV money in my mm. estimation because in other leagues the TV money is is disproportionate towards the bigger teams so they're always making more money because they're always in the Champions League they're always in the Europa they're always making they're always at the top of the table so they're making so much more money than the, the rest of their leagues whereas the English league the, the, the amount of money that's being made is being split in the TV money so these teams have the ability to buy the some of the top talent, like not even the top top, but like the second or third tier talent from France, Germany, Italy, Spain. So, so like you see, like West Ham getting a four nows, or, or you see uh, Everton getting James Rodriguez. Like 
year, like ten years ago, this wasn't happening. But now, because the money is so so up there, you see, like when they talk about the most valuable clubs, there's always like six, seven, eight English clubs always in the top fifteen. So I think in terms of the amount of money that these clubs have, it's allowed for the the gap to close even more. So when you're selling a player, firstly, you don't need the money just like the smaller clubs in other countries. Uh, secondly, English top English talent is is very hard to find. Thirdly, with the new rule sets in terms of um, the amount of English talent you need in your squad, so you, in order for you to compete to be the best, you need some of the top English talent anyway. And then obviously the prem to prem owner. So so for like Harry Maguire for me he was only for me he was worth forty million, but you had twenty million because he's English and twenty million because it was prem to prem. And that's how you get the eighty plus million, the, the stupid money, as I said, because uh, as you as uh, Alan said before, eighty million used to get you a Ronaldo, and it's now getting you a Harry Maguire, it's getting you a fridge on wheels. So yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, so for me, yeah, that's it. Um, I think for me, I do agree, but I also want to add the, to the fact that I feel like the with the Premier League clubs, I feel like they take the rivalry a bit more seriously than they do in other nations. Um, because, and, and this just stems back from our top four. You know, you wouldn't see a United wanting to sell to Liverpool. That's forbidden. You'll never mm. see that happen. You know, you, you won't see Arsenal sell to Tottenham that often. Um, and you, you won't and when see they Chelsea. Do, when they do, yeah. those players get crucified, man. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. Like, what, what happened to yeah. Saul Campbell, Gallas? Uh, hey, yeah, they didn't have Literally. it good. Yeah. Ashley Cole. So, uh, Ashley mm. Cole as well, yeah. Mm. So you, you wouldn't see Chelsea sell to, to rivals as well. So I feel like the rivalry from back then and now is still there. So, you know, you won't see us trying to sell to each other because we see as you know what we're, we're we're selling to our direct competition our direct competitor who could potentially end up winning the league, the league off of the signing that you know we just we just sent them um whereas in you know la liga in Serie A, in the bundesliga you know there is only one real winner Serie A is juventus mm. you know so it doesn't really matter about the rivalry in that in that league Mm. You know, obviously, Inter Milan's coming up now, so maybe, you know, things could be different. Um, AC Milan are the surprise package at the moment with their renaissance this year. You know, in the Bundesliga, there's only one real winner, Bayern Munich. You know, on the amount of players from Dortmund, that's going to Bayern Munich and vice versa. You know, there's no rivalry there. You know, in La Liga, as you, you guys said, there's, there's only two winners there, which is Barcelona and Real Madrid, you know. There's not really that rivalry in terms of at the top head and also on club level. Whereas in the Premier League, there's a serious rivalry at the top head and on club level. Um, so you'll never see us sell to each other. Mm. And if we were to sell to each other, then it would either be on a free or it would be a, a dead baller. Do you, do you know what I mean? So it's it's just not gonna happen. Um, mm. So that's why I think um, foreign players or foreign teams sell to each other more than the British sell to each other. Yeah. 
I also want to add, you said something earlier where you said um, you're selling to your rivals and you're strengthening them. Why would you want to do that? Because they're your direct rivals. Uh, and we, it happened to us. We, we bought Van Persie next mm-hmm. season when we bought Van Persie, he won us the league. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, imagine how you'd feel, how he would have, because how, remember, he, he said in an interview, he felt so, I think he said he embarrassed walking back into the Emirates Stadium when they gave him the Guard of Honor, because he was just like, a year ago, these were my teammates. And yeah. now I'm getting a Guard of Honor for winning the Premier League, but for another team. So you're right, man. Like, why would you want to sell to your direct rivals unless you said it's a, a dead ball or, or it's going off for a free? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. But I want to end it, end it on that note and um, we can get to, to the fun section of uh, predictions. <laughs> so, um, Alan, if you want, if you've got the pen and paper. Yeah, uh, I was also going to say, if you guys wanted to, because obviously everyone would know that we're all on like a WhatsApp group. Mm-hmm. You guys want to also like confirm it so that if we ever need to date, date it back, we can always look, oh yeah, you did definitely say this. If you guys wanted to message yeah. it in, but I will write it down for you guys if you wanted to. So I don't know who wants to start. Uh, Margie, do you want to go first? Yeah, okay. Go for it. Do you, do you have the Sky Sports app so that you oh, know yeah, who's playing? Yeah, let me know who. Let me get the fixtures up quickly. So we're going through the whole, the, the, basically week five, right? Yes, yeah, so five. we're going to yeah. go through Saturday and Sunday. Sunday. I think and there then, might be a Monday one. Is there? Is there a Monday? I don't know. Yes, yeah, there's, there's, Monday, Monday. Yeah? there's a Monday one. Okay. So then what, we're, what we will do is we will review our predicted results on a Tuesday. Cool, 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 cool. As All well right. as discussing another topic as well. Um, so yeah, all right. Over you just want um, do you want win, draw, lose, or do you want the the score as well? Um, so we want the correct scores. That's what's going to yeah? make it interesting. Okay. Yes, but okay, like okay. say that, like even if, even if like Marju gets the correction of like he doesn't get the correction of the score, but he gets the win, do we still count that as a point or? What are we saying? Or does he have to get the correct score? Because I'm worried that... Maybe you get, you get two you get two for the correct score. Actually, you know what? We, let's do it this way. Whoever wins... Like, if you if, if you say it's... Say you say it's 2-1 to Everton. And then Everton gets it, yeah? Gets the win. Uh, but it's like 3-1. But then say Luke says it's 3-1. Say if it's a tie, we'll decide who's got like the more... I don't know. Who's got the more correct goal score. That makes any yes. sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 All right, so All right. are we count? So we're not counting the win. We're counting the correct score, or are we counting the win? Uh, we count the, the score. We're counting the win, but then if, like, for example, if there's ten games, and say Marjorie got five of them right and five of them wrong, but then Luke, you got five of them right and five of them wrong. The way we decide who comes the first place in that week is whoever's got the more correct answers. If okay, that cool. makes sense in regards yeah. to the scores, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, we'll do yeah. it that way. Cool, cool. Alright. First game, Everton, Liverpool. That's going to yep. be a tough one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everton coming in with form, Liverpool uh, just got thrashed. But for me, I feel like it's going to be a draw. I'm saying, uh, I'm going to see a lot of goals in this one, so I'm saying a 2 2 draw. Ooh, okay. Nice, nice. Uh, next game is Chelsea, Southampton. Um, that's interesting. Uh, we're, we're getting our players back. We're going to be fully. Fully, fully strengthened. So I'm guessing, I'm saying three one because we have 
We're going to have Kepa in goal, so we're going to concede at least one. Okay. Oh, is Mendy not starting? I thought Mendy not might he, start. No, he's injured. Injured during oh, international break. Oh, shoot. I'm going to have to take him on my other fantasy football team off. <laughs> All injured right. Already, uh, next, yeah. 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 next is Man City Arsenal. Um, I'm not really sure about that one. Mm. Man City have no strikers, but you know you can never trust Arsenal. They either play well or they don't. So I'll go two one C. Nice. Newcastle United. I'm gonna go two 0 Newcastle. I don't Oof. think United are gonna do anything in that game. Really? Look, looking at this yeah. fixture, wow. this week is gonna have a big day. Yeah. This weekend's fixture, this, I mean, just this Saturday, amazing fixtures, man. We've got Everton, Liverpool, we've got Chelsea on the board, Man City and Arsenal, and you've got United versus Newcastle. Uh, but yeah, man, it's a, it's a mad Saturday. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Sheffield United, Fulham, uh, battle of relegation yep. already. You know what? I'm just going to go a bland nil nil. Oh, I don't see anything. I don't Ooh. see anything much. <laughs> <Ooh. laughs> yeah, I don't know about Donald, so. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Crystal Palace, Brighton. I see, I see Palace. I see Bat Palace uh, Baron. I'm going three no Palace. Ooh. Okay, okay, okay. And then after that, Tottenham West Ham, London Derby. Ooh, spicy fixture. Uh, there's gonna be a West few cards in this one, I reckon. Yeah, a few cards. Uh, yeah. But I thought Tottenham were gonna be comfortable, so I'm gonna go four one Tottenham. Four one Tottenham. Ooh. Really comfortable. Yeah, I reckon yeah. they'll. I reckon they'll. They'll beat them up. Yeah. Next is Leicester Villa. Ah, oh, that is Leicester haven't been that great this season. I don't know what's what's happened to them. For me, I think I think they're still hungover from the. Yeah, they're hungover mm-hmm. from last season, and then Villa have looked good. They haven't lost yet, so I'm I'm gonna go two one away to Villa. I reckon I reckon Villa will just be able to scream. Nice. West yeah. Brom Burnley. Is that Monday? West Brom Burnley is Monday, right? Yeah, yeah Monday 5.30 fixture. Wow, that's another ball draw, I reckon. Yeah. Yeah, 0-0. No, no. I don't see... <laughs> actually, what? Actually, you know what? No, it's going to be 1-0 West Brom. I'm going to change uh, it. 1-0. I would have said the same, you know. I, didn't, I was hoping you kept it 0-0, no, no, but I would have said... I'd probably say the same 1-0 to West Brom. Oh, this one is looking good. Leeds and Wolves. Oh, that is a spicy yeah, game. Yeah, this one's going to be a good Monday one, man. You know what? I'm going to go 3-2 Leeds. I think lots of goals, but I think Leeds will edge it. Yeah. I think I'm going to go Bielsa over Espacito. Okay. okay. All right. So, my predictions. Oh, dear. <laughs> so Liverpool Everton this is the one one time that I'm actually fearful of Everton never been fearful of them in my life but I'm actually fearful um, just because I know Don Carlo's got them well drilled well scored um, at the moment our defence is a bit shaky we're playing a high line constantly um, okay cool Dominic Calvert-Lewin isn't that fast but then if you've got guys like Richarlison that's playing off of him um, James Rodriguez playing long balls over short balls, you know, depending on the centre back partnership, um, it could get a bit techy. Um, so for me, I feel like Liverpool will win, um, but I feel like the score 
it will most likely be something like three two. Three two, nice. Do you reckon is Allison injured or is he fit? Yeah, Allison's injured. Oh, um, so he yeah. if he if he's well, he's supposed to be back for uh, Everton, but I don't think yeah. he will be. So he'll probably return for the for the next fixture. Cool, cool, um, cool. Chelsea Southampton. I'm gonna go for a Chelsea win, uh, a two 0 win. Nice. Um, You're brave, clean sheet. What happened? You're mad. Yeah, I feel like you guys could would will get a clean sheet. Yeah. Um. Actually, wait. Danny Ings is there, isn't it? Mm. You got to think about that one. You? <laughs> yeah. Ings versus Kepa, you know. Yeah. They're gonna get one. <laughs> you, know? you know what? I'm gonna go for a draw, two-two draw. Oh wow! They are thought we're gonna do two-one, but okay, two-two draw. I like it. Um, City Arsenal. I'm gonna go for Arsenal win. Nice. Oh, that's interesting. And uh, I'm gonna do Arsenal for two nil win. Two nil win. Two nil win. Arsenal. Yeah. Oh, that's disrespectful. Yeah. Man, um, Newcastle United. I'm gonna go for a Newcastle win, two one. Um, Sunday, Sheffield and Fulham. I'm gonna go for a Sheffield win, um, and that will be two one. Uh, Palace and Brighton. I'm gonna go for a two nil win. To Palace or to Palace, yeah, yeah, cool, 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 cool. Uh, Tottenham West Ham. I'm gonna go for this one's difficult. Mm. The only reason why this is difficult is because West Ham has shown a lot of fight, and then Mikel Antonio is on form. Yeah, um, with Tottenham, you don't know what you're really gonna get with Tottenham. But I still feel like Tottenham might just have enough to edge them, so I will go for uh, I'll you know what I'll go for three one for Tottenham. Nice, nice. Um, Leicester, Aston Villa, Aston Villa will come off of a huge confidence of beating Liverpool. Um, I agree with uh, Margie in the sense where you know something's just not clicking with Leicester at the moment. Um. So, I'm going to go for a 1-1 one, one draw. Cool. Interesting. I like that. Mm. Um, Monday, West Brom, Burnley. I'm going to go for a 1-1 one, one draw with them. Yes. That game's going to be hella boring. I'll still watch it though. Yeah, actually. <laughs> and uh, Leeds, Wolverhampton. I'm going to go for Leeds. And the result will be 2-0. Two 2-0. Nil. Two nil. Cool. Oh, not to score. Nice, nice. Um, okay, I'll do mine. I want to say the... I'm, I'm going to say Everton are going to win this. Or, or draw it. It could be 2-1 or 2-2. Two two. I'm going to go the opposite of Luke. I'm going to go 3-2 to Everton. So the oh, opposite way, yeah. Uh 
I'm going to be cheeky. I'm going to say, like, Hamas Rodriguez to score, Rikalison, Carvalho, and then Salah to do a double, I reckon. Salah to score a brace. Uh, Chelsea versus Southampton. Um, I'm going to say 2 0 to Chelsea. I'm going to say 2 0 to Chelsea. Um, if. Because I read, so I saw somewhere that Mendy potentially might start. I think if Mendy does start, if he is fit to start, then I think you keep a clean sheet. Kepa is a bit scary if he does start, then I don't know. Then that's where I'll probably make the mistake. But even then, I reckon, I reckon you guys will be all right. Um, Man City versus Arsenal. I'm going to say 2 1 to Arsenal. Um, I reckon, uh, uh, my little brother said it like, the way Man City have performed really poor recently, up and down, it just shows that the real mastermind behind that team is Arteta. Do you know what I mean? Behind okay. the scene. But who knows? Who knows? Um, Newcastle versus Man United. Um, bit upset that you both chose Newcastle to win. <laughs> I'm going to say... That's a bit upset. <laughs> yeah. Your team got whacked out what Tottenham. Yeah. I'm going to say, yeah, this is a 4-1, 5-1 win to Man United. I'm going to say it. I'm gonna say Wow. I'm gonna say four one. I'm gonna say four one. Yeah, I'm gonna say four one. Mainly because yeah. No man, no footballer can look at themselves in the mirror after that six one defeat and go away to Man, man Newcastle and think we we might lose this. They need to win this. And if they don't win this, boy, I'm gonna be looking into the NBA man, because uh, I think I'm done with football. You do, you, you do know your team, right? Your team is excited. Manson, NBA. You know NBA is finished, yeah? You've got to wait, you've got oh, wait shit. for the off-season right oh, now. Yeah. LA, LA might, Lakers won the next one. That, that final, yeah. isn't it? Uh, no, I might look might, into the NFL. Might as well go into the NFL. Yeah, but uh, I'm going to go 4-1 four, four, to the Man United. Boy, if we win 4-1, four, one, four, one, you know. you're going to see the messages on the WhatsApp group, yeah. <laughs> 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 um, who's next? Sheffield United versus Fulham. Uh, I just don't see Fulham winning, so I'm going to say 1-0 to Sheffield United. Crystal Palace versus Brighton. I'm going to say 3-1 to Brighton. I reckon, yeah, I think oh, wow. Trossard, okay. yeah, I think Trossard, Neil Mope, I think they've got a solid attack. I mean, don't get me wrong, Crystal Palace is as well, but I reckon I'm going to give it to Brighton, that one. Tottenham versus West Ham. I'm going to say 3-2 to Tottenham. Like you said, Luke, uh, you know, Antonio, um, he's killing it at the moment. And if they can get the right ball to him, uh, then he'd probably score two goals, two goal, but the partnership between Bale, uh, not Bale, Son and Kane, just think it's too much. So I think they'll win. Leicester versus Aston Villa. I'm going to give this the Villa 2-1 win. Uh, West Brom to Burnley. 1-0 to West Brom. And then uh, the Leeds versus Wolves game. I'm going to say 2-1 to Wolves. To Leeds, sorry. 2-1 to Leeds. 2-1 to Leeds. Yeah. Okay. Um, if, I mean, if Jimenez turns on and he's killing it, then I think he will. But I just feel like he needs a few more games to really get into his stride. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I think I think Leeds will take it two one for now. But okay. uh, yeah, if anything, I'll send you guys the picture of what our score is so that we know. I think Chins Chins already um, sent it to us already. So yeah, I'll put it on yeah, the I'll put it I'll put, put it on Monday ones. Cool, cool. I'll put it update it on the ex, uh, our Excel sheet and then upload it for all to see on the 
shared thing. So we can all see. Nice. We can all see. And then obviously I'll update it at the end of the week, uh, end of Monday, and uh, yeah, we see uh, we see where we all stand. So should be um, interesting. So okay, cool. So pointing system. So are we mm. adding the? Are we separating the score and the win, or are we both adding the score and the win together? And if so, what's the score system going to be? So for example, if mm. Liverpool and Everton, I don't know. If I said Liverpool win one nil, yeah, are we adding the score? And the win, or are we yeah. separating it? So Liverpool win Actually. is three points. The scoreline that um, the correct scoreline, <clears throat> predicted scoreline, is three points as well. So uh, what, do we what treat we like doing? a table kind of thing? So like three points for correct score, one point for the the right result, and then zero for nothing. So it's like a tip, like Premier League table kind of thing. Yeah, okay, so what are we saying? Three points for correct score. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, one two point. points for no oh, one point. What was one it? Point, like one a, point. One for point for the for the yeah for let's say if it's win or um and then zero points for obviously nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, and then we'll just calculate the scores and uh, by Monday cool, 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 after cool. Monday's by results. Monday, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Monday's last match is lead. So after Monday we'll calculate it and then yeah. Well, yeah, that yeah, will yeah. be that will Sounds be good. week one. Well, Essentially, week five, but that will be week one for us out the way, and yeah. then we will predict the yeah. next fiction results come Friday. So we'll go live on Friday, and we'll yeah. predict that one. Just be a bit wary. Some games are, I think, some games coming up are starting on Friday. So I don't know. It might be a thing of before we do the it might podcast. Have to be we, Thursday then. It might be Thursday, yeah. Or if we do it before the podcast, we just message each other on the chat what we think the result would be on the yeah. game and then we just chat about what we've been chatting about on the Friday and then you know because yeah. we've already because we've messaged each other on the chat we can always backdate it to yeah, what the yeah, score's exactly. on Friday so we could do that way um, but yeah man it's exciting man we've got a season of this and uh, we'll see who we're wearing I was thinking as well we pull it on the we uh, just also because I think because if, if we have to wear it and buy it I think we also have to pull it on our social media account I think so yeah. really go that step over so if you lose you have to pull it in your social media account and uh, yeah, show the world that um, you was your opponent's uh, fan for a day. Yeah. Cool. yeah. I'll be fine. I'll be the Bell shirt. <laughs> <laughs> the Bell shirt. <laughs> the Bell shirt. Oh, All right, yeah. lads. So we'll leave it here. Um, yeah, thank you fun. to everyone who's uh, obviously going to be watching this um, once it's posted. Um, appreciate the support keep on liking keep on subscribing keep on sharing um, it really does help this pod a lot um, in terms of the growth and where we want it to go so um so yeah um, that was uh, episode three um stay tuned for episode four make sure you tune in to see who is leading the fantasy league between us four mm-hmm. and uh, yeah see you guys again tuesday 9 p.m people in a bit Take care, guys.